Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to Channel 33. I'm Juliette Littman. This is a special podcast. I am joined in the Earwolf New York studio with Chris Thompson. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, can I call you CT? You can. Do people call you that? Yes, a lot of people do. Actually, that that's one of the many ways that Vampire Weekend has uh, infiltrated my real life, I suppose, <laughs> is that was not a nickname previous to Vampire Weekend. Really? Uh, but be, but it's sort of that became like my stage name, sure, if you will. Sure. We tried Christopher at first to differentiate myself and Chris Bale. Right. Uh, but that didn't really stick because I'm not really a Christopher. Uh, so CT stuck. And, and yeah, a lot of people, a lot of my good friends call me and now. It's, it's all good. It might as well have been forever. Um, so you were the drummer in, in Vampire Weekend. I continue to be you the drummer. You are the drummer yes. in Vampire Weekend. We'll come back to that later. Um, so uh, great. I'm going to call you CT. That's that's how I know you. Um, what do your parents call you? Uh, Chris, my little boy. Got it. Okay, great. So when you go home for Thanksgiving, yeah. it'll be like, hey, Chris. Well, the My Little Boy stuff is more Christmas. <laughs> It's generally Chris at Thanksgiving. It's more of the, yeah. Being a Chris at Christmas, I've never thought about that before. I enjoyed that in like very lower elementary school, but it's sort of, and also my last name is T and I used to write my name. I didn't space it out right. So it looked like I wrote Christ (laughs) on a lot of like second and third grade papers. That's incredible. Endless hilarity. Really really anointing yourself to, uh, I didn't know what I was, it wasn't on purpose, but yeah. May, or maybe it like was subconscious. Who knows? Um, and so we're doing this podcast today because you have a new project called yes. Dance with the West. Yes. And your album is called um, Youngish American. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I want to talk to you about that. And we'll talk about some hoops. And, you know, just get into it. So let's start with your record, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, where did the you. We'll just do some of the basic questions up front. Where did, okay. where did the idea of uh, Dance with the West come from? Uh, well, it sort of started actually... Um, when I got back from the last vampire, after the modern vampire sort of mm-hmm. touring stuff, uh, for various reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into later, uh, <laughs> that we knew we were going to have a lot of time off, uh, in the years range. Right. Uh, so sort of got back from that. I had recently gotten married and sort of for the first time in my adult life, didn't have anything that I had to do or was supposed to do. So it's, so I sort of sat down, we'll probably watch sports for a month or two <laughs> to not think about it, but all the while sort of not, that not being the best coping mechanism. Sure. What month was it? Uh, oh, de- holiday. It was actually around now. Got, got back it. around now, uh, like a December, January sort of, you know, NFL playoffs. Sure. Just wondering what Premier League, Premier League basketball, yeah, you know, the whole bit. What's your club? Uh, Tottenham. Got it. I don't know anything about soccer, but I know the questions to ask. So I, I, <laughs> okay. yeah. I know to say, like, what's your club? And, like, who's your favorite player? And, like, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. So Tottenham, great. Yeah. Cool. Glad we got that out of the way. Um, but in any case, so that was is a winning strategy, but only for a certain amount of time. Uh, so, yes, I had a – the big thing was I had my childhood piano moved. I paid to have it moved from my parents' house in New Jersey to my place oh, in Brooklyn. Cool. And – then proceeded to sit there blankly for two more months, probably, 
uh, of thinking, well, you should do some music. That's what you like. That's what you're good at. Uh, but nothing really came. And then eventually sort of got a foothold and stuff started coming. And, uh, you know, eventually I thought I had enough for record and then stuff went from there. But uh, that's sort of the, the intro was at, at, as a early 30s dude with no idea what to do with himself. <laughs> as a youngish American. Yes. Um, interesting. So I didn't realize you played the piano. Is that like a something you did your whole childhood or? No, I actually never took lessons. Oh, I, cool. I, I taught myself how to play the entertainer once when oh, I was like 12. Nice. Uh, but it's very rudimentary. One hand at a sure. time, three fingers at a time. You know, it's not really like sure. uh, uh, Debussy or something. But um, <laughs> but I, I know how the notes relate to other notes and the piano right. being sort of the the basic tool of that. Did you ever study music at any, like, yeah. formally? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I studied in high school, and then one, I double majored in college, one of which was music. Got it. And actually, wow. I met Rostam uh, from Vamp- Vampire Weekend uh, on the first class, the first day of class at college, which was oh. a, a theory, a music theory class. Oh, that's a, that's a great story. <laughs> uh, so for the writing for this, was did you did it begin with you sitting at the piano, or did it begin with lyrics? Like where where did the process start? Well, I hadn't I hadn't really I had contributed to Vampire Weekend, but hadn't really done heavy lifting for any of any of those songs. Uh, so I hadn't really written like a, a full song start to finish since a Christmas song I wrote. Uh, a senior as a senior as a 22 year old senior in college thank you very much for giving this an overt holiday theme no problem this is very useful <laughs> uh, that song might see the light of day at some point it's called Yeah Yeah It's oh, Christmas cool you know, for your Christmas album yeah exactly uh, so I don't know I, I guess that the, the process also a lot of which was sort of the how how big the band felt mm-hmm. uh, as a force in my life as like a concept in the world and sort of trying to work out what do I have to say? What is worthwhile for me to say and to put out there that Vampire Weekend didn't cover or won't cover or, uh, you know, just because I wanted to be very sure that because of the access I had or the history I had that I could put out a turd Mm -hmm. and it would, someone would probably want to put it out. But that, it felt very important to me for the legacy of myself and also the idea of the band to not really like trade on it for crap. Right. Uh, was to feel like something was worthwhile. And it took a while to figure out what that was, but I I feel like I eventually got there. Sure, sure. Um, which was, I was going to ask you, so there's 10 tracks. Like, mm-hmm. From start to finish, like how long did it take you to to knock those out? The writing? Uh, yeah. Well, I, probably the bulk of wh- bulk was from like April, April 2K15 to late June 2K15. With some obvious, you know, tweaks up, in, sure. up until the end. Uh, but yeah, actually the first song that I really got through was Pretty Good Wi-Fi, mm. um, which is not everyone's favorite. But uh, I don't know, there was something, I don't know, that I think, and the trick, or not the trick, but the, the thing that sort of allowed me to sort of unselfconsciously sing and try to write words, which had I'd been getting hung up on was uh, to just really distort my voice in the program oh, I was singing into so it didn't feel like it was me singing. And somehow that sort of loosened up something or other that where it was able to like not, you get over some self-consciousness and just sort of like try to get to the... Sorry, <laughs> you know, I was just pulling over track list here. But yeah, I think that that, I didn't need that as, a, as much as it went on, but that as a sort of a first uh, step that was very helpful in sort of, yeah, turning off my natural self-criticism sure yeah so uh 
did you have to, in addition to doing that, like how much did you have to psych yourself up to do vocals um, versus just like, you know, other instruments? Well, well yeah, the other, all the other instruments, uh, I've, you know, I feel not necessarily like I can shred on anything, mm-hmm. but I'm very competent and I feel very confident in my competence. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the vocals, and that was a lot later when I was recording uh, in Nashville, but the, the vocal parts were the were sort of the hardest parts. But you know, I now that I've done some live stuff, I feel like this is going sort of out of order, but now that I've done some live stuff, uh, it's sort of, again, as the more you do it, you sort of learn to just, it is what it is. It's yeah. kind of an activity that you do and you know, you do the best you can, you have a natural skill set and you, you are able to do certain things to work on getting it better. Uh, but yeah, I would for sure, I mean, the singing of the during the recording sessions was, I was in like a a dank dark corner where <laughs> I could not see any other human faces, which was helpful to me. Nice, um, interesting. You recorded in Nashville. Had you recorded records there before? No, uh, all with the exception of one song in Mexico City. Most Vampire Weekend stuff was done in New York or Los Angeles, as is I guess sort of sure. general. Uh, but I was in Nashville because. Patrick Carney from the Black right. Keys produced it, and I sort of sent him some demos, and he was into it. And he lives in Nashville, so he's like, "I got a couple weeks. You want to come down?" So that's 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 awesome. How was working with him in the studio? Uh, it was great. He, I think we didn't have to have a lot of conversations because we're both drummer bros, right? So we could kind of like do right. a do a little nod, <laughs> a, a little wink, and like, "All right, yeah, I know what you mean." Uh, and he's he's a very sweet guy. He's he's very open. Uh, and he, yeah, I really, I sort of, I was pumped when I arrived Mm -hmm. and was even more excited when I left. I think I could, I've told him this to his face. This isn't a big, I couldn't have asked for a more, uh, a better person to work with who like, I think had confidence in areas, which I, which I wasn't sure about and had ideas in which, in ways that I, I probably wasn't sure about myself. Had you, um, officially worked with him in any capacity before? No, I probably had a drink with him at a party Got once, it. but that I don't know if you consider that working. Um, it could be. Who, kn- yeah. who kn- I mean, maybe it was right, if, it, yeah, if yeah, it brought yeah. you Eventually. this relationship. Um, when I saw that he worked on the record, I thought of that Colbert sketch from like five or six years ago. Oh, true, true. <laughs> I was I was in the audience, but I was not. I did not participate. Yeah, I remember. It was it was him, right? And it was Ezra. it was both of the yeah. Black Keys. I oh, believe. right. Yeah, it's him and Dan, right? Uh, and Ezra. Right. In the whatever the sink off, I forget exactly what they call yeah, it. Yeah, it was like yeah. a yeah, your competing commercials, um, or not your commercials, right? The, the commercials, your the song music, soundtrack, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and I think that that also from the lyrics, but then also in person, I think he, you know, Pat has a very good sense of humor, as do I. So I, I think that we both, yeah, we were we started from similar footing as even without knowing each other very well. Right. Right. Um, how was going to the studio like on a solo project versus having, you know, a band with your, your, your kind of like formal band with you. Again, I feel like I keep repeating this in different ways, but the first day was super weird. Mm-hmm. And then the next day was kind of weird. And then by the third day it was <laughs> sort of standard or just, it was what I was doing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but you know, vampire weekend and I've, have not been present at every single recording session, but we've never really like set up four dudes in a room like right. ripping out takes. It's always been very constructed and like, uh, you know, maybe Rossum will have a drum part and I'll play it, and then you know, as we'll sing, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of, it builds up in a way that 
my record ended up coming together. So it felt similar in that way, even if it was just me right. doing it. Right, the same kind of like pieces mm-hmm. going together. Yeah. Um, I'm interested that you've heard that you've heard negative feedback on one of your tracks. Who's like who in your life oh. is giving giving you that feedback? Uh, both my parents and my wife's parents. Really? I think because there's. I think it's. I don't think it's very. It's a very high content, but there's a little bit of aggro ness uh-huh. in that particular song. Pretty good Wi-Fi, that especially turns off my mother. Interesting. Uh, you know, she likes the <laughs> the more positive, uplifting <laughs> stuff. Not that there's much of that, anyways. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. All four of those adults have said that that's not their favorite. Wow, that's kind of bold to come out of the gate and be like, "Well, I don't like this one that much." That's cool. I mean, I think I've, I try to. I try to um, cultivate an an air of honesty. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like something, feel free to tell me. I won't take it personally. And also, I mean, it's it, this is different in so far as it's my my first album, right? But I think having been in the game for like almost a decade now, that there's a pretty high wall between the like sort of the music and the and the the art, if mm-hmm. you will, sure, and like my personal sense of self. So like, it really, it truly does not bother me if people don't like something that I've done. I hope they do, certainly. Right. Uh, but if they don't, it's it's okay. How much do you read about your work, like like critics and just like think pieces and features and whatnot? Um, I mean, you, I I can't speak universally, but I read everything. Yeah, at the no, I mean specifically you. Uh, you sort of read everything at the beginning, and it's a little. I mean, two thousand seven was a very different world. I yeah. think. Uh, in terms of like the ways in which people could comment and the, yeah. And like the social media tools where yeah. you could, um, but so it was a little more like contained and there was like, you know, four things you could read and you read them and you would see the comments and stuff. Uh, but as, as time goes on, yeah, I mean, you, I think, and the more you read about it, the more you see that people will interpret things in different ways or like things or not like things. Uh, and the important part is if you know, the intent was, you know, uh, truthful and what to whatever degree you wanted it to be, and you know where you came from. That you know, as long as people aren't you know aren't misconstruing a song that I or we did to like being like you know like a neo-Nazi anthem or something. Other than that, like interpret you know like something very extreme. It sure. feels like you would want to comment on, but people don't like it. People don't like shit. Can I curse? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. I curse a lot. Okay, sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's great. Go, okay. go for uh, it. If people don't like shit, it's like who cares? Right. I mean, you know, there's there's enough stuff in the world that I hope you. I hope that that person has something that they sure. do like. If it's not the thing that I've worked on, so be it. Right, right, right. Um, did you like? Do you feel like you have to um, like? Like, how much do you want? Do you like actually like to engage like on social or? with even like in live performances like it like you said it is a really different world than 2007 yeah i mean i i think of of all four vampire weekend members i probably am the least skilled at social media Mm. uh and probably i mean it depends on the question like if if there's a question that like seems like interesting and like thought out or like as uh, expresses a real point of view that's more interesting than just like when's the album coming out Mm-hmm. You know, sure. <laughs> uh, which is a very legitimate question, but not necessarily one. That's not necessarily the forum to sure. address that on. Uh, also, not really your job to answer it, probably. Tr- true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it it's I I don't mind chopping it up with. I mean, I have done a couple like, you know, like getting questions like board an airport, like getting sure. questions for me. And that's very fun. I but I I also find myself gravitating towards the non musical questions. Right. Right. Um, do you, do you? 
do you feel lucky that you kind of came, like the, that you first came into the music business a little bit earlier before before Twitter had completely taken its own? That's a little bit of a leading question, but I'm just kind of curious, like how you've seen the shift. I mean, a a bit. I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, there was definitely people. I think the the main difference I would say is that the opinions weren't as diffuse. Mm-hmm. So there were probably the same amount of people that thought we were a total shit and that that would have been on Twitter and the yeah. same amount of people that would have liked us. It's just that because they were commenting like in like stereo gum, say, sure. or, or Brooklyn Vegan or something that like it, it was, you know, like, but the article had its content and that's probably yeah. what more people read. That 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 probably feels different than sort of getting all of this sensory information of sure. of everyone's feelings. Yeah, there's um, like more context also for. But it felt like we were. I mean, we were definitely an, a band of the internet age. Yeah. Both in content and presentation. Uh, so, the fact that Twitter wasn't there, I mean, or Instagram or something like you know, wasn't quite as present for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we were. Oh, and I don't know what corporate parent MySpace, MySpace has at this point. If it's, if there's going to be Justin Timberlake, he bought he, he bought, bought MySpace. Okay. <laughs> no, he really did though. He owns it. Well, felt, Not joking. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, if it's coming back, I'd love to be a part of it. Because, but I felt like we were we were like um, I don't know. It felt like the end of a my like yeah. one of the last MySpace bands. Sure. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. You um you used to be able to like I remember I watched Survivor in 2007 and like you could you had like a lot. Who of didn't? That. Yeah, I mean I still watch it, but <laughs> <laughs> you could Who really doesn't? yeah you could really access people yeah. in a different way because they because it was like more in some ways it was like you know you can really curate who you are online. Yeah. And I actually am kind of cur- I'm interested in sort of like um, if there's like a persona for. Dams of the West, because I, I noticed that the Twitter bio was very funny about a, a tennis player. What was it? Let me, uh, bad boy of British tennis. And I was like, that's very funny and very specific, but also like, um, sort of, you oh, I know. forgot I had that. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not bad. No, I think, I think that's funny. It reminds me of, um, a character that could have been the Royal Tenenbaums. Like sure. Playing against Richie Tenenbaum. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it's just, just a different era. Well, I think, I mean, I think for me, social media is, is, is fun and interesting. I it's not. I think long ago it's sort of divorced from my, what I think it is for most people as mm-hmm. a way to like more or less. I mean, the last few months being something of a maybe the start of a different era, but uh, more or less communicating with people you know. Yeah. And like sharing with actual friends. Yeah. Uh, where uh, you know I I sort of stopped using my personal Facebook in like 2009 because it was like. What am I? Is this like a professional thing? Is this a personal thing? Like that sort of line is, is weird for me because mm-hmm. you know I feel like a healthy, healthy majority of the people that follow me on anything are not people I know. Right. Uh, so 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 I'm probably more aware of like I'm doing air quotes CT. Sure. And what he means and what he would say as opposed to what like Chris would say to his friends. Right. 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 Uh, which are. Highly connected, I, I will <laughs> say, but uh, are not necessarily always the same thing. Sure, that makes sense. Um, well, let's talk about the Death Wish video because I think that actually really connects here. Okay. In that it's um, quite analog. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I, I think that like your music in general really grapples kind of with like these internet questions uh-huh. and sort of like bigger stuff. So um, first of all, I noticed that the font was very similar to the Woody Allen font, and I was wondering if that was intentional. Uh, I think it might be the same, but. No, actually, there's a, a, a buddy of, of mine who I went to college with and was actually in a band with. Okay. We were called The Midnight Hours. Chris Bayo was also in the band. Uh, his his name is Michael Harper. Okay. And I, he's sort of gone on to do, like, web design stuff. Mm. And 
So I just emailed him and asked him, you know, dude, what are some cool fonts? Because I don't, I don't really know. And also sort of, especially with Vampire Weekend being so heavily Futura that, yeah. that, that, that was sort of off the, off sure. the table. Heavily uh, Futura, but also then heavily cursive with uh, Modern Vampires. True. Yes. But I, but I think, you know, that there's a certain yeah. vibe that has been consistent. Uh, and so, and I, I don't know anything about fonts. So I, I, I asked my font concierge, Michael. <laughs> I would love to have a font concierge. And I said, hey, what are some cool fonts? And he wrote back a very thoughtful, I sent him the album and said like, you know, any thoughts? And he he wrote back and had a couple ideas. Uh, and essentially just like, oh, cool, thanks, dude. Uh, and use the ones he suggested. <laughs> That's great. Well, I really liked it. And I was like, oh, Woody Allen, cool. Um... The, I didn't make, I, I think that's true, but I didn't make that connection right away. Uh-huh. It was just one that he, he had suggested, but I, but I, yeah, but I think I think that is true. Not that oh. I knew it at the time. Got it. I'm a font geek, which I guess I just okay. revealed. And like, a, but I would still would love to have a concierge to like open my <laughs> mind to more fonts. So maybe you can connect. Me sure, with your absolutely. Um, so you star in this video, and you yes. are doing multiple things, including like um, cutting carrots. Is that is it filmed in your own home? No, it's filmed in my friend's apartment. I see. Uh, who I think mainly because he's <laughs> he's a my friend Brian is a is a very stylish guy and a designy guy. Oh, cool. So his, my place is very cluttered, uh-huh. and his is very, like, spare and sparse and, like, cool-looking in a way that my <laughs> my place is not. Uh, so he, we asked, hey, you're going to work next Tuesday. Can we come and film in your apartment? He said, no problem. Oh, well, that's so lovely What of him. a sweet guy. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Uh, your wife directed it. Yes. Was that your first time collaborating on a project together? <laughs> uh... In a formal way. In capacity. a public facing way, yes. Okay. Uh, I mean I think that she she's in many ways a co author sure. as I potentially am for her. I, I don't want to speak for her. Uh, but the in the first we are the first uh, hearer of each other's ideas. Uh, and she it, this it was sort of her idea uh, for some something like this that was more like long longer shots, like a little bit more prosaic sort of thing and that was a cool idea, and her her friend Max shot it, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. This, but this is our first, yeah, like sort of formal collab. The kind of the crux of the of the song is, um, I just want to fix the fixable things. Yep. And um, among sort of like bigger problems, I guess. And I, it was sort of like a, in, it was like a, I think the video sort of um, pairs down there then, like in in the same way those lyrics do. Yeah. Like kind of like, well, what can we, what what can be attacked here? Um, and I was just sort of curious, like, how did you come up with there's sort of like a few different uh, specific vignettes? Like, how did you come up with each of those? Well, I think the general idea was sort of the, and again, I don't want to speak for my wife, <laughs> don't want to mansplain for her, but. I don't my, know if you heard, but identity politics are over, so don't worry about it. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard. Now Trump <laughs> is the president, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, you're All right. free. All right. Well, then, what my wife meant to do, <laughs> very specifically. Uh, no, uh, well, I think the idea was, yeah, just sort of like these domestic things and and chores, which more or less everyone does, or sure, like someone does. Chopping carrots. Yeah. Mopping with a Swiffer. Uh, actually, that was that was my one true innovation. Was it was going to be a mop, and I said, wait. What about a Swiffer? I do. A Swiffer is a great invention. <laughs> what a, that was that was my big uh, my big contribution, um, and I, I I don't know. I guess like part of the whole thing. I think the songs and the lyrics and and the presentation like 
this is one of the thoughts early on that sort of gave me a window of like, oh, this is this sort of feels like un un not too not too trafficked mm-hmm. of an area was. I don't think I'm that cool or like I, I can't really dance that well, and like all these sort of the general like music presentation stuff, that instead of like trying to do that and being like half half acid or like bad at it, that just like lean into the lean into the non that mm-hmm. I guess that was a terrible way of saying that, but. Uh, so I the I think Emily picked up on that and and her her idea of just sort of doing these chores that have nothing to do with the you know the music you make or, or that sort of thing uh, was just I thought that was a cool idea very long shots um, and obviously of course everyone does everyone does their their household chores in a Richard Jefferson jersey. So yeah. that was that was the one universal thing. Uh, okay, let's talk about basketball because you just brought Richard Jefferson. I did notice you were wearing an RJ uh, jersey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, is that your favorite net? Of all time, of course. He's not currently on the team. Not necessarily, but he, that... He's part of my all-time favorite Nets teams, obviously. When sure, they were, the glory days. <laughs> when they were good. Uh, I have a Carrie Kittles jersey in case you're wondering. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so do I. Yeah. I have the old blue, like the original blue. Blue, like pearl okay. blue. Yeah, yeah. It's not original, but you know. Uh, Before the redesign. And then also, very. this is since their move to Brooklyn. Sure. Which I can't really hate on uh, because I did, and <laughs> I understand the branding implications of that. But uh, I think it's important to me to wear the... The New Jersey stuff oh. that that means more to me. That that was what one of the big draws was. Uh, not, you know, was New Jersey, and this is only like half true. But like you know, people in New Jersey, you sort of feel like in the shadow of New York to some degree, in the shadow of Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sort of you know like the suburban state. People sort of shit on it. Um, you know, America's armpit and all that. I've, sure. I've heard those jokes. Uh, that you know that seeing this like team, especially a team that was like doing very well, and actually I have a very distinct memory of. I think the first time when they won the Eastern Conference Finals, NBA on TNT, obviously. Of course. Best show on television. Uh, Kenny going, the New Jersey Nets <laughs> going to the finals. Like, it was so flabbergasting to him that this was a thing that was happening. But that, that, that sort of instilled a pride that really dug deep and I think still remains, even despite the move and all that. Interesting. If you do look back at those teams, it's kind of like, God, Jason Kidd is really good that he got this team to the finals. <laughs> Oh, come on, with Canyon. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he was, Canyon Martin was really good also. I mean, he had, like, you know. Todd McCullough. I mean, Jason Kidd is one of the best point guards of all time. And I, quite a good coach, regardless of how you feel about him. Do you have some animosity towards him for the way he left Brooklyn? Uh, it seems like he just sort of power grabbed too soon. Yeah. I bet if he'd waited a year, he probably could have gotten <laughs> everything he wanted. This team could be yours. Um, I mean, I was into the, the full circle-ness and, like, sort of the narrative of him like coming back yeah. and, and whatever but uh yeah you know so be it i mean it's a business it's it's not a big deal sure oh, it's a very very professional stance on it very unemotional um do you have season tickets to the nets now? i do not uh mainly because of travel stuff like i, uh-huh. I don't if i was like home all the knew i was home all the time i would Probably buy maybe like a half season package, maybe not a full season. Got tickets, it. But uh, <laughs> maybe a nice ten game. Sure. Thing. Uh, but I do. But I live close to Barclays, and it's like a ten minute bus ride. So I, I do go when I'm home, and and just you know I step up it up. Quite a nice place to take in a game. I agree. It's like a very like it's very like like clean. I mean, it's very new, so yeah. it's, it is cool. It's very cool. Um, are you paying close attention to the team this year? Uh. As close as I would in the first month of the season. Uh, the I've watched a few games, went to one. Uh, Who'd you see? 
I saw that they lost. They played well, but they lost to the to the uh, to Charlotte. Oh yeah, well Charlotte's quite good. Yeah, uh, I mean it was it was fantastic seeing Brook Lopez. <laughs> Brook Lopez knocked down some threes and like running back with his his arm extended. Uh, Are you aware of the Lopez brothers' affinity for Disneyland? I I know of, of Brook's general sort of like comic uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, he's a real comic nerd. Cool. But I don't know I don't know the Disneyland specifics. They so. also love Disneyland. It's just That makes sense. He seems like a like a big kid. Does it make sense? I guess they are they are from California, right? Yeah. California. I think, so. I think they are too. The Californians love Disneyland. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't really get it as someone who hates it. But you know, that's okay. Um, do you like circle when, you know, visiting teams are coming, like who you want to see? Uh a bit. I mean, it's really I mean, a game's a game. I mean, it's cool. I think it's cool when, like, you know, the Warriors in town sure. or whatever. But uh, I also like to see them win. <laughs> so if you go to see them play the Warriors, eh, not yeah, odds aren't in my favor, our favor. It's a, it's a team effort, me sure. and, and the You're team. You're on the team, basically. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's really just like if often I buy the tickets that afternoon, it's like, oh, I don't have anything to do tonight. Run it by Mission Control. Yo, can I go to the game tonight? <laughs> Okay, uh, buy the stuff up and roll. Perfect. Um, yeah. Do you see the Do you see the Warriors as villains? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I th- there was, and I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think I think that my I don't have any right to talk about like NBA <laughs> players' lives. I don't know what they go through, and and this is this is part of the reason that uh, I think sports retain some cap- capital R romanticism for uh-huh. me. Is because I I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes, or right. like I haven't really seen that sausage get made. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of I don't I don't think KD's a villain. I right. think KD made a decision that he thought would benefit himself, and you know Godspeed. I think I can see Draymond Green being an probably a great teammate, but an incredibly annoying person to play when sure. he's not on your team. Sure. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like Steph Curry is incredible. Clay Thompson's like. Clay's my guy. If, uh, I mean, they're annoying because they're good. Right. But, I I mean, villains is like, villains insofar as, like, you want to see some, like, universal parody and, like, other, not the same team win all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of, I mean, I guess Draymond is the most villainous because you know he meant to kick. Oh, my God, definitely. That was obviously intentional. Steven Adams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely. And then LeBron, too. And the, But although I did like his... I think it was, I forget if it was the same game, but it was that, that, that same series. And I think he was talking to Adams when he just goes, you a bitch. <laughs> I, think that was, I thought that was very funny. I thought that was very Direct funny. trash talk is the best kind of trash Especially talk. Especially <laughs> when the, because they, the cameras only catch it. And I feel like if they know something actual, actually emotional is going on, they generally cut away because they yeah. don't want yeah, they the don't kids want... to be Sure. Offended. I mean, the, M- the NBA are experts at marketing. Yes. Like, just incredible. Yep. And I mean, it's worked on me. I love the NBA. Yeah. But they also do things like they're a progressive league that you can feel proud of. Like, be proud of, like, being a part of the fan and the totally, yeah, yeah. I, players. I agree. Uh, I mean, it seems like that the, like, the CBA thing is going to be much different than last yeah. time. And, like, you know, I think that they're on... It seems like they have a good balance between, you know, capital and labor, yeah. which is not true in every industry. Yeah. Uh, but no, but uh, yeah, just that very specifically, I thought was just like you a bit. I yeah. just thought that was very, <laughs> and felt like, oh, that's probably like what goes on in the court all the time. But yeah, you know, you don't sure. see it for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think KD's like can drop a good like line. Like yeah. it, seemed, it seemed like when um, the Warriors and the Thunder played like a few weeks ago, he was. Uh, I did watch that game. He that was, was talking to Canner. 
Okay. Yes. Yeah. I did. I mean, although it, that's that's a tough get. I mean, maybe Canada's being a good teammate and just trying to like, but it is hard from the bench to talk. Yeah. To but yeah, you know. <laughs> and his Canner is uh, he's I like him. He's a character. Uh, I just noticed you were wearing Stance Celtic socks. No Celtics. No. Oh, way. sorry. Oh, they're Stance Shaq socks. Well, Shaq and Penny. Magic. Yeah. These are the wow. That's great. You like that team? Yeah, I would say that this is a, sort of the one of the dirtiest secrets of my past is that my first team that I liked was the Magic. Oh wow! Was not I was not a lifelong Nets fan. You like that star power? Uh, well, I just had I felt a very kindred spirit with Shaquille O'Neal. Really? As I'm sure a lot of kids did because we shared a birthday. What is that birthday? March sixth. Wow! He was born ten years before me, also in New Jersey. He was. I didn't know that. I think he was born in Newark. Oh, cool. At least that's what. The back of my Sports Illustrated for Kids poster set. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then you know he was just so ex- such an exciting player. Yeah, I mean he like changed basketball. Uh, that like that sort of drew me in, and I like really rooted for those teams, and I, I was very bummed when they lost to the Rockets. Uh, and then sort of like, and then when that team broke up, then I yeah. then I I do feel like every child has one free pass of liking a star. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming home. Yeah. I and mean, mine was Kobe Bryant. I was really, like, just in middle school. I know. It was tough. Well, he took, Brand- took Brandy to the prom. <laughs> okay, okay. And that really won me over. Okay. Things got went south a few years later. Right, yeah. But um, he also just, like, had so much swagger on the yep. court. It was hard to hard to deny it. Um, okay. It's time to talk like about... Like when they swept my nets in the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the finals. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Right. Well, I was, I was a Nets fan then. Very similar to now. I really like Clay Thompson, but like can't root for the Warriors. Like I just uh-huh. can't stand them. But like when the Warriors are playing someone, I like want Clay to have a good game and for okay. them to lose. So very similarly, I was like, I want the Nets to win and for Kobe to be great. Okay. So I got <laughs> I got one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those things worked out. Um, okay, let's backtrack and talk a little bit about Vampire Weekend, cool. of, of which you are still the drummer. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that past part of all. No, it's okay. Past tense. Um, so you mentioned earlier that after the tour for Modern Vampires in mm-hmm. the city, you knew you'd have a lot of. Uh, time off yeah so did you have like a planned break after that or yeah well i think uh as bands if if you know you're lucky and we were lucky enough to sort of to to grow and, and sure. have an audience that like that you you understand and treasure the time between albums i think yeah. is that between the the finishing the touring of the first one and going you know starting work on the second one was like a two week, two week break. I remember reading something about your tour schedule. I can't remember if it was the first or second album that you were on tour for like almost two consecutive the, years. The, or something. the second, I mean, the first two albums ran together very, very uh-huh. seamlessly. Uh, so we took probably like a six month break after the second one. But, uh, but again, that I don't think speaking for myself, I don't think maybe I'd be physically capable of doing that at this now that being yeah. a brittle old 32 year old. Uh, but at the time, it was very exciting, and it felt very like vital that like, whoa, you know, people are interested in this. We have this opportunity. Like, let's you know, let's 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 fucking go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think once you sort of the second album came, and we didn't like completely drop off the face of the earth. It felt like okay, like we can take our time with this and um, try to balance out time in front of people with time not in front of people, and and that sort of stuff. So we had a little break after the after the second one. And then I think after the third one, we just knew that it was going to be a longer break in general. Uh, and, and yeah, and I'll, I'll let you ask some more questions, I guess, because I'm sure. <laughs> um, when did you know that Rostam wanted to leave the band? Um, well, I, we knew he, he wasn't a huge fan of touring for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he, 
he really, 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 really enjoys and is very, very good at, like the studio stuff and writing and writing with different people and sort of the 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 act of creation in that way. Um, and so, you know, but that was just sort of you know that was a, a thing. But we toured and we we did what we had to do. And and I think I cannot speak for him, but I was told. Uh, he told me, I'm not like, <laughs> he told me uh, that he sort of knew, bef- like, like we, he sort of knew he wanted to like take a step back and, and sort of not be part of the tour, the touring stuff, like a couple months before like the last shows that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had like a, f- we had like a few shows where I like, it, it, for me internally, it was like weird, like, whoa, like, this is very weird. Like I'm, I'm seeing him to my right, but. You know that might not be the case in a, in a whenever we come back and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, so I knew before the last few shows, but I think as it should, it played out as it should have, which it's you know, sort of his decision to announce and his right. his terms to have it on. Sure. Was there like a shift between like you knowing he wasn't interested in, in touring and like then like his kind of like formal announcement? Like did something change in that in that period? Because it was like kind of a while, I think, wasn't it? Like between the ending of tour, end of tour, and then when he like post that Instagram, I think. Yes. Uh, not, that's a question for him. I don't know. I mean, I, he, he told me his intentions and, uh, you know, after, after, you know, after the, the shows, uh, my wife and I went on like a long vacation and he, he lives in Los Angeles. So I live here and we would see each other every once in a while. Uh, but I, I don't know like the, spe- why he chose it out that specific day. Got it. Uh, but you know, but that's, it's his choice, uh, and I was happy for him when I because I think he he had he had already made the decision a while ago, and I think he you know he just wanted it to like to be known, so right. so he just he made it known. Got it. Well, there wasn't like a formal like yeah. sit down of any, of any kind. No, no. I mean, we've always been in the good times and slightly bad times. Uh, you know, I think very communicative, and I think even when we disagree in whatever whatever. Uh, opposition and you know whatever whatever ways we just who we disagree with or what on what we disagreed about i feel like we've been a very the communication has always been very open and i think there there's been next to no yelling <laughs> uh <laughs> even in the in the the most disagreed of times uh so you know yeah he told me and then you know and i again it's that isn't a decision that i wanted to make mm-hmm. or that i would have wanted to make but I don't have Rostam's life, so he he sure. made that for the reasons he wanted to make it, and yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I I think he, you know, I think he's doing what he wants to do, which is which is work with people, collaborate with people, like you know, the album with Hamilton and sure. and other songs and stuff. So I, yeah, I I, I think uh, I'm happy for him. Cool. So then, after he makes that announcement, what do you and Ezra and Bayo, Bayo do? Like, what's like the next steps for you guys as the as the band? Uh, well, I think you know the the first steps of the album are pretty similar uh where is that happening already uh yeah work is definitely being done uh that's great news for me <laughs> which is i'm sorry it's not exclusive to the <laughs> ringer podcast has been said before but yeah. but is true yeah remains true uh uh yeah but, but you know i think a lot from the start you know like the the true seeds for everything comes from ezra so you know mm-hmm. so i think he he's been doing a lot of thinking and writing and um, you know, there was some, some label stuff that we had to figure out, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know that he's, he's excited. I think we're all excited. I think there's, 
definitely a lot of work to be done, sure. which is also true. Work has been done, but there's a lot <laughs> to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we're all excited. And speaking for me personally, uh, the like the the more I'm away from Vampire Weekend, or sort of not specifically part of of that infrastructure, mm-hmm. that the like the more like somehow like secularly sacred it seems. Sure. Of like, holy shit, this is this is something that is very rare. Yeah. And is something that, you know, whether it's time off, whether it's working in a different way than we have in the past, whatever it is that, you know, I want to give it as much chance to succeed in the long term as possible. And if that means either stepping up or stepping back or, or whatever it means for me, uh, just because I think what we've done so far and I think what we can do in the future, um, I think uh, I'm really excited about both both of those. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't, there is no, no timetable to give on, on the next record and, and, but also, I should say that the Dams of the West thing is is very much is part of that sort of I think healthy healthy lifestyle, sure. uh, which is you know like uh, I think for all of us and it, to me it doesn't feel like a side project; mm-hmm. it just feels like a project sure. uh, that I I have a lot of confidence in, and I, you know, and I think will I think will serve me and and well, and I, and I I hope people enjoy, it. I will do all the work I can to to get it in front of people um, and expect nothing because I've been in a success, successful band. That means nothing. Right. Uh, but, you know, and I think Bayo doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think Ezra has done some things too. Time which, crisis. Time crisis. There's some other stuff which uh, will probably, which he will address. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, I think that part, I think part of respecting Vampire Weekend is, giving it room to breathe and sort of not suffocating it. I think. Right. Uh, and I think all of these things for us make, I think are successful in their own terms, but then also make vampire weekends, you know, give that more of a chance to, uh, to be, to be good. Mm-hmm. Do you have an interest in like, um, mixing up like what you, like what your like musical role in the band is? Sure. I think, you know, I think, uh, in a lot of ways it's a little bit 2.0, mm-hmm. uh, just with uh, maybe I don't know maybe like one one point three maybe not <laughs> totally two point I don't know uh, just yeah I mean I think you know like I've like I'm interested and I think it's true that we've never even though I you know I play the drums like Ross wrote a lot of the drum parts right uh, or you know I I think that we've never I think the idea has never been to be like Led Zeppelin or mm-hmm. something where like I'm slapping the tubs. <laughs> Bayo's rocking the bass. You know, like that—that's w- what we do live, and I think that those are instruments, and I think that that works in that context. But I—I I also don't think that any of us feel the need to like be totally defined and like right. once that's all I you can do. Right. I think if the idea is good, it's good, and it, it'll sort of like you know it'll rise to the top and and do what it does. Uh, so yeah, I think that that that's always sort of been the case, um, and I think yeah, doing the dams of the West stuff has has widened my perspective on, on what that means and like the idea of input and the idea of like, uh, being part of a whole as a part of, as opposed to just being like a person. Sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, I hope that my role in Vampire Recon will be, will be never totally settled. Right. Whatever that means. Right. 
Um, will Rossum work on any songs with you guys for the new album? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I think that that's a question for, for Ezra Rostam. That is what I've been told. Uh-huh. But, you know, the world, the world changes. Sure, certainly does. Um, by the way, I, I love the drums on Tell the Truth. That was, those were, oh, thank you. Yeah, those, <laughs> they were very, they like set the beat and everything. They were great. Um, well, it's funny, actually, a lot of the drum beats on this record, because... Uh, I was writing all this in like in like like my base in my New York place, like mm-hmm. so there are walls shared with people. Right. That it's not really conducive to just wiling out on a drum set. I think that's actually a terrible idea as a neighbor. <laughs> uh, You're very respectful. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're my neighbor. Like, yeah. They can't get away from yeah, them. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you you hope to be friends with. I have a real feud with my neighbor. In, oh well. In LA, I'm yeah. sorry to hear it. It's okay. It's tough. Neighbor neighbor relations. Uh, yeah. Well, I I hope. And I'm very friendly with one of my neighbors. One of my other neighbors just sort of taking a pass, so, but still don't not trying to actively sure. piss him off. Uh, but yeah, so like wilding out on a drum set is not necessarily a great idea. So that was actually written on like a keyboard, really, <laughs> on a midi, really crappy <laughs> sounding funny. MIDI drums. And that's I think actually I think it works. And I added stuff when I sort of <laughs> sat down, but that's why it's very like steady because I like it. One or two fingers like hitting a drum keyboard drum set. Sure. Well, it, it works for me. Um, one more Vampire Weekend question: Will there? Would you guys think about having like a new member of the band? Uh, who knows? I I don't know. I mean, I th- I th- I think if if Ezra and we work with someone and it like feels great, who knows? I don't think there's any like abiding need. To mm-hmm. do that, to like, also I think that's, that's, I don't know, that seems like sort of disingenuous to like just put a new person sure. in where he's, where Rostam stood and like, we still here, we still good. Like, you know, I think, I, I think uh, it's like sort of, it's going to be a different thing. So it's going to be a different right. thing. And what that means, I don't know. I, I think we're still figuring that out. But uh, I don't, I, I, I would be surprised if, if there was like a one for one replacement. Right. Right. That's, I mean, it's also like, seems like. Um, a testament to like what Rossum does as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think absolutely. Thanks for setting me up on that. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. It. <laughs> I don't think any. I don't think it would be. It would be whack if we just had one person like playing his parts. Probably not as well. Right. Or like without you know Rostam's energy uh, and style. So so yeah. So I think that we probably. I think replacing is is one for one is not a a strong idea. Sure. So I doubt we would do that. Uh, it seems like probably the hardest thing will be you will um, no longer have like a brother in Jersey arms on stage with you because I feel like you and Rostam are the Jersey dudes. Ezra's the Jersey dude. He is? Yeah. Rostam is... Uh, Doesn't from... he wear that pato- No, like wearing jerseys. Oh, 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 excuse me. I thought you meant New Jersey. So that's where like some confusion <laughs> runs on. Uh, yes, he wears his Potomac, his Potomac lacrosse. Uh, although Ezra's been getting more sporty. Really? And he's he he's been wearing he's worn some Premier League stuff. Wow. Although I think is he with you on the Spurs. Mm, no, I think he's more into like, I think actually this is a direct quote potentially from Twitter. He's more into aesthetics than athletics. Mm. Uh, Stay away from Liverpool. Then I hate those hot yellow kits. <laughs> well, I think all third kits are kind of terrible. Yeah, I didn't. I um, I, I stumbled upon a Liverpool match, and I was like, "What are these awful jerseys?" And then they my should, they should be red. Yeah, my soccer friends informed me that they're the third alternate, and really just for marketing. Which, to be fair, feels very similar to the NBA like sleeve jerseys. It's just like another thing to sell. Oh yeah, I mean the sleeve jerseys are ridiculous, particularly when your biggest star is like very much on record as hating right. them, LeBron has a real problem with his leaves. Um, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I think I probably retain the undisputed championship of liking sports the most uh-huh. 
That's cool. Which was true with Rossum in the band <laughs> and remains true with him out of the band. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so I, I, I would be surprised, but hey, you never know. Who knows the future for yeah. you or, or for Vampire Weekend. Um, thanks so much for coming in today. This was a real treat for me. Yeah, thanks and, for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, good luck with the record. Thank I hope you. everyone checks it out. Youngish Americans um, by Chris Thompson. Damn, well, sorry, Dan, yeah, the list. Yeah. Sorry, so many monikers for, <laughs> for all of your projects. True. <laughs> by Christ. Chris T. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Juliet Lippman. This is Channel 33. Check out the rest of the Ringer Podcast Network. And uh, I'll be back soon. Thanks. 